In order, start with a prayer and a pledge. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together tonight to do your will with regard to the city. Help us to operate in the truth and justly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Roll call, please. Mr. Powell. Here. Mr. Bronner. Here. Mr. Bishop. Here. Mr. Boehner. Here. Mr. Tommen. Here. Mrs. Kroger. Here. Mrs. Edichico. Here. We have quorum for business and a quorum for legislation. Uh, we have two sets of minutes to approve. You can do those together or separately as you wish. Uh, is there a motion? I'll make a motion to approve both sets of minutes. Second. Motion by Mrs. Edichico with a second by Mr. Boehner to approve the sets of minutes from the 11th of July and the 18th of July. Uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. They're both adopted or approved. Audience asking participation. Is there anybody in the audience who's not a presenter seeking to speak tonight? No. We have more seats in here. Someone say 50 seats in here and nobody to speak. All right. Well, so we'll skip all that. Uh, reading of communications, we have none. Do not, but I have to make a note. Um, last council meeting, I misspoke during the meeting and I called the budget ordinance 2023-26 um, and it wasn't. It was actually 2023-27. Found it, corrected it, resubmitted it. Everything's good. So just wanted to make sure that was put out there. But okay. it's corrected now. All right, moving on to guest speakers. The port. Is there an overhead presentation we should be? Yeah. Heading for the seats forward. Do we need the screen? Can, oh. Yeah, do we need a screen? First. Unfortunately, there's, I guess, a piece missing from these beautiful new TVs. Yes. If you don't mind, grab that microphone because I can barely hear you. Sure. There are uh, two representatives from the fourth floor with us tonight. One face I know you are familiar with, and that's Todd Castellini, who is Senior Vice President of Public Finance and Industrial Development. And then also Jennifer Lynn, Industrial Development and Brownfield Manager. And they are here this evening to give us an update on the Centennial Industrial Park. Uh, before Jen begins, I'd like to share, this is great news that you're going to hear here, but we have even more great news. Uh, I think many of you remember uh, Melissa Johnson. She is coming back to the port. She was very helpful in spearheading this project in its early stages. So uh, we've got a heck of a team that we you to uh, work with at the port and uh, are, are so grateful for that. So Jen, want to get started? Thanks, Linda. I think I talked loud enough, so hopefully I won't need the microphone, but feel free I, to- For the benefit of the people watching it on TV, could you use the microphone? Uh, How yeah, about I bring it over? Sure, that sounds great. Thanks, Linda. I can, I can stand up here too, that's fine, yeah. Was this working? Yes. It is. Yes. All right, perfect. Yes. Okay. 
Well, thank you guys for inviting us here tonight. Uh, we are here to talk about the update of the progress of the redevelopment of the former Dow Chemical property, which has been rebranded as the Centennial Industrial Park. Uh, and like Linda mentioned, I have joined the port as their industrial development brownfield manager. I joined the port last October. Um, my previous experience is in environmental consulting. So previously in my career, I spent about 20 years doing that. Um, and again, with me here is Todd Castellini. So he heads the uh, industrial team. So as many of you may know, the work at the port, we're focused on cultivating partnerships to remove the bar barriers to redeveloping these underutilized properties throughout Hamilton County and in the city. And our work is divided into three different primary pillars of focus. So we have the public finance, the neighborhood revitalization, and the industrial revitalization. Now our public finance sector, they provide innovative tools, skills, and subsidy for advancing some of these complex development projects that we work on that really wouldn't happen otherwise if it weren't for the, the port's involvement. Our neighborhood team focuses on acquisition and rehabilitation of blighted properties, both residential and commercial, and then they also manage our Hamilton County Land Bank. And then the work in the industrial team is also focused on rehabilitating those blighted and underutilized properties. And we'll talk a little bit more about the work that we do in the next few slides. So this was a former Cincinnati garden site. This was one of the first projects the industrial team had, um, and it was a huge success for us. The site underwent an asbestos abatement, demolition, there was remediation of soils at the project, and obviously some mass grading to get the site pad ready for redevelopment. It was divided into three separate parcels, all of which have been sold and are currently occupied. Uh, we have Team Incorporated, Duke Energy, and Emerge Manufacturing, which is a minority-owned business that have occupied these parcels. And they brought about 300 new jobs to the community, uh, which is about 16, acre, 16 jobs per acre. This is the, actually the very first project that the Ports Industrial Team took on. This was the former Gibson Greeting Cards facility in Amberley Village. It's 56 acres. Uh, the site also underwent asbestos abatement, demolition of the structures. There was some remediation of soils as well. Um, and the site is pad ready. And it's actually the largest uh, pad ready developable site within Hamilton County uh, currently. So we've been actively marketing this one as we do with all of our properties once they're ready. Um, it's been shortlisted many times, um, most interestingly by Blue Origin, which was the space enterprise that was founded by Jeff Bezos. And even despite the interest, we recognize the need. We have to be patient with these properties uh, when it comes to identifying an end user. We receive a lot of subsidy for our projects, particularly from the state. And we're committed to achieving our industrial strategy metrics. Uh, we want to create family supporting jobs in the communities that we work. So the property that we're here to talk about, former Dow Chemical. So this, uh, we've rebranded it. It is Centennial Industrial Park. Um, this was the former Dow Chemical, Roman Haas chemical plant. It's 25 acres, industrial owned. I'm sure you guys are all very familiar with the property. We purchased it in November 2019 for 690,000 and spent about 323,000 on due diligence. So a little over a million dollars in the initial work on the project. As part of our decision to acquire the property and take on this, um, the, the work to get this site pad ready, there were a lot of recognized environmental conditions for us to evaluate and to take into consideration during the redevelopment. There were 58 above ground storage tanks, numerous chemical spills, uh, heavily, um, most of the buildings had quite a lot of asbestos that needed to be abated. 
We, are, um, we identified some mercury contaminated soils, which we are still in the process of evaluating, um, and m multiple other things, um, solid waste buried units on the site, and obviously very proximal to the residential neighborhood and then being right adjacent to the Mill Creek. Um, another um, issue that co further complicated the environmental issues with the site is us being down gradients and immediately adjacent to the pristine Superfund site, which is north of Dow. So what are our goals for the property? What are your goals for the property? We're all aligned here. We want to look at the current economic profile and what can we achieve with this industrial strategy and what can, what can we expect to receive for our return on investment. Our goal is to bring about 400 new jobs, which is again, 16 jobs per acre. That's our strategy. That's what we're really focused on. And we want that to be family supported income. So $65,000 on average for each of the job that's created. Tax generation annually, 520,000, and then an increase in real property value of over 26 million from the initial um, property value. And then the increase of about $880,000 in annual tax, property tax generation that should come from this project. So the port has partnered with Nyer Development. Uh, they are our development, or Nyer Properties is our development uh, uh, partner for the project. And we have come up with this, um, schemes for the projects they can either the the future development will either consist of one to three buildings anywhere from 100,000 to, to 400,000 square feet each those will be predominantly along the eastern portion of the property uh, we'll have quite a long large stormwater detention pond there up in that northeast northwest corner None of these projects would be possible without all the partners, you guys included. So these are just some of the partners that we've, pro we've uh, partnered up with on this project. We received over five, or a little over $5.3 million in funding from ODOD for a grant for this property. Jobs Ohio, we, we received $1.3 million in grant funding, and then that also has a supplemental $1 million loan to Meyer that will actually go to the development of the property. $250,000 from Hamilton County, and then the money that the city of Reading and then the port has put in and Nyer Properties as well. We've partnered with various different other entities to actually do the construction work at the site. Our environmental partners are Terracon, Alton Woodsy for Geotechnical, and Thompson Hine is our exterior, external counsel for the site. And to date, the general contractors who have been working on the construction are Aurora Continuous and Environmental. We have been very actively marketing the site, um, even though it is not quite yet pad ready. We have been marketing it actually since November of 2021. Uh, we work through, we partner with Ready and Colliers and also with Nyer. So collectively, we all get together and continue to actively market this site. Since November 2021, when we initially started marketing it, uh, we have submitted 16 RFIs for this property, anywhere ranging from food processing to flavoring, solar glass, EV, um, plastics recycling. Uh, so we continue to market this actively. And this is just kind of a little snapshot of what an RFI looks like when we get it. Um, typically, the metrics are pretty low, um, and we often have to just evaluate the property and see if we need it. This is just the timeline of the project, um, and I won't go through every single bullet item on this, but when the port, after the port acquired the property in November 2019, we spent a couple years doing some additional due diligence on the site and working with our partners to try to get the additional funding and all of the resources in place so that we can start the construction work. 
We've also been jumping through some environmental hurdles, as you guys know, with respect to the, the fact that it was a former Dow Chemical Company um, site and there is contamination in place that has to be managed. So we've been working collectively with Ohio EPA and with Dow to work through the retro orders and the environmental covenant that will be placed on the property going forward. So we started work um, actually on the site in November of 2022. The first phase of work was the, all of the asbestos abatement and all the remaining buildings and then complete demolition of those remaining structures. That work was completed in February of 2023 and then we initiated the next package of work that included the concrete demolition and crushing. We're actively still doing that right now. And the reason we broke this site of this project work out into three phases is because of the environmental issues. We have a lot of hurdles to jump through and there's a lot of coordination in place and we didn't want to get far, along, far enough along that we were ready to start masquerading and we still have all of Dow's monitoring wells on site and all these other things and the record orders aren't in place and so we needed to jump through a lot of those before we could actually start with this next bid package. The final bid package is package three, which includes the rest of the demolition um, on site, all of the utilities, the mass grading, and then some reinstallation of some infrastructure, water and sanitary so that we can get the site fully pad ready for Nair to take it over. The third bid package that was released, I just, I just kicked that out to contractors the last two weeks ago. Um, so we've already held the on-site pre-bid meeting and are actively receiving questions back from contractors, which is great. We've had a lot of feedback and a lot of interest in working on the project. Um, so everyone's very, very excited to see the work going on there. So that work, um, the bid package is due back to me on uh, August 11th. So then we'll just be in the process of selecting the contractor and moving forward with the final phase. This is just an overview and actually there's two slides. It's kind of a lot of information, but I wanted to be able to summarize for you kind of what all we have done to get to where we are today. There's been a lot. Um, beyond the TIF, we talked about, you know, securing the funding from LODOD and Jobs Ohio and working through getting um, the Ohio EPA on board with us and getting a soils management plan in place working with Dow to get them to finalize their sampling and analysis plan so that they can continue to monitor the site as they're required to do by Ohio EPA. Um, and then also working with them to get the environmental covenant in place, um, which obviously includes you guys, includes the port, um, Nair, and then also the building 40 owners, um, which we do have some commingled utilities with and some other complications that we've been jumping through. So this is essentially just these two slides is just the work that's been done to date. And then, so this is the good stuff. Everybody likes to see the photographs. So this is where we were in November, 2022 at the site. So as you can see, some of the buildings are down, some aren't, um, but still very much an industrial site. And then where we are we're last month, this is where we are now. So this area, this is actually looking up to the um, up to the northeast, and so that area up there is where we have anticipated mercury contamination that we had to evaluate. So another reason we broke up the bid package was we needed to get all the concrete cleared from that area so that we could facilitate sampling. We had over 100 data points in just this area to define the mercury contamination. Could you do that? Those two slides again. The sure. Floor and yep. So, and actually what you can see here, um, these, these large metallic objects, those were two orphan, I should, orphan is kind of a strange word to use for them, but we found, we identified two permanently closed in place 
uh, 12,000 gallon heating oil tanks that were never in place down to close them. They just never, never removed them. So we were not aware that they were there as we were doing some excavating to remove the concrete. We identified them. Uh, we had to remove them. And even though they were closed in place, Buster doesn't view them as a tank at that point. They're just a very metallic object. We went ahead and performed a closure assessment just to make sure that the material surrounding the tanks wasn't going to be in that But they haven't been hauled off site yet. <laughs> We do have a couple more pictures. So this is just looking southwest um, across the site as well. And you can see some of the monitoring wells here in the foreground. Um, those all have to remain in place at this, at this point. So we're doing a very um, strategic log a logical dance around them at this point. And then this is the site as it is now. So they are actively crushing the concrete. And here, if you can see here, this, this small pink little stake um, and there, there are multiple throughout the site, but those are the sampling points uh, for the mercury contaminated soil evaluation that we conducted. So next steps, bid package three is out. We should be receiving those bids back by August 11th, and then we'll evaluate those and select the general contractor that will be doing the next phase of work. Terracon has completed their sampling and analysis of those mercury impacted soils. The good news to date is it is not impacted. So that is a huge help for us with respect to redevelopment of the property that saves some money with, with us not having to haul the soils off for disposal. Finalizing the record orders. So actually that is what I just handed over to Patrick today. Um, so those were just finalized and were just sent out for, for signature actually yesterday. So um, that's exciting news. And then the Ohio EPA has also finalized the environmental covenant. So you guys will be receiving a copy of that within the next week or so as well. Um, so all of the parties will, um, will, will record their own, but you guys will receive a copy just so that you're aware of it as well. Then we'll commence the work on the bid package uh, three. Now that's gonna start before we're finished with all the concrete, which is fine. We're gonna be working concurrently with each other. Um, and then Dow is still scheduled to abandon their wells before we start the masquerading. And then we'll complete the work and the property over to Nyer so that we can get somebody in there and get some jobs back and get the property back into its best use. So that's what I have for you guys. Now I'm ready for questions. So some will be abandoned because they're no longer needed. Correct. Will there be others that stay along around for a long time? There will be others that will remain in place. So we worked collectively. So, so in addition to Dow's wells, we actually have pristine wells on the property as well. Mm -hmm. None of pristine's wells can move. They all have to remain in place. We have a cluster of three of their wells that are actually up at the northeast corner of the property, which is in our area of biggest cut. That is an area where we will be taking the cut down about 12 to 15 feet. So we've been working collectively with Pristine. Um, they know what our plans are for the property and they've seen all the grading. So they have a contractor on standby and we just need to give them two weeks notice and then they'll come in and they'll actually just lower those wells. 
Now with Dow's Wells, they provided us with a copy of their sampling and analysis plan and both their attorneys and our exterior counsel worked collectively to help isolate the wells that they really needed so that they wouldn't be in place for future development. So we worked collectively and went back and forth with them um, to identify which wells needed to stay. And there are very few within the, within the actual greater portion of the property. The majority of them will be along Riesenberg and then on the, actually the Building 40 property. But there are several that do need to stay. And we worked collectively with them as well to identify um, the, the best method for abandoning the wells so that they can strategically pull the ones that are going to be in our greatest area of cuts first. So what happens to the, I mean, is this stuff that gradually dissipates or? Yeah, so with, with Dow's contamination that's in place, they are under monitoring only. So really they are not under, under any orders to do any additional remediation at this time. So they will continue to do that until Ohio EPA tells them that they've met their metrics. Thank you. Any other questions from council? Just a hypothetical really. I mean, everything sounds very exciting. I mean, do you see any potential, like what might be a potential roadblock from our timeline? For the timeline as far as, as, as what we've presented? January 2025? No, no, I don't see, I don't see any potential hurdles in that. And actually we've kind of built in a tiny bit of fluff with respect to finishing up the utilities actually. Um, we initially had hoped to have the project completed by December 31st but we wanted to allow another month just for some utility time. We've been having issues with contractors across the board, and I don't know if you guys are seeing this, but and we're hearing it from other groups as well, um, just that everybody's busy. Equipment is in short staff and is in short supply because every construction's going on everywhere. Um, so we recognize that and we're trying to make sure that we're meeting all the goals and meeting the re redevelopment guidelines, but also understanding that Sometimes things happen and pop up in projects. Um, and so, so we, I, at this point, I do not foresee any issues with us meeting a January 31st completion for our phase of work. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mr. Powell. And the, the funding that Nair has with respect to redeveloping the property, uh, I believe that's through June 2026, um, their funding agreement. So okay. if, that, if that helps. Then uh, I believe that I remember something about some groundwater extraction stuff going on in, in conjunction with pristine yes. how has that impacted what you guys are doing on that site well initially we thought it was going to be a huge uh, a huge hurdle to jump through um, they so the so pristine does have two extraction wells on the property um, that they have not been using since 2006 and 2008 collectively uh, they, they, actually it was US EPA who told them to turn them off because they were pulling in off-site contamination so Really, we felt we like we had a good case to present to US EPA for them to, re to them for them to allow Pristine to remove those extraction wells and the piping networks associated with them because they're rally rather substantial. Um, they're located at the southeast corner of the site. They head down west and then they actually run all along the southern portion of our property boundary and your property boundaries as well. Um, and they haven't been used for years. So we felt like it was a good case to have them abandoned. After further discussions with Pristine, their attorneys, they felt that US EPA was going to cause further hurdles for them if we tried to present for removal of those. So instead, we just adjusted our grading plan slightly to keep them in place. Um, and luckily that area of the site, we really didn't have a lot of earthwork to do there. So we're really only changing the grade about a foot there anyway. 
So we were able to work around it, but it was another hurdle to, to jump through um, and a lot of negotiations with them about what needs to stay, what doesn't. Um, and we had really hoped that the three wells that are pristines up at the northeast corner of the property could be abandoned because they are in the way and there is, that is a huge area of cut for us, but Ohio, or US EPA was not amenable to that. Is um, the 2025 date that you guys gave for the completion of phase one, is that just for the building pad or is that an actual building being on the site? The, that, that is for the first phase of Nyer's development and that's okay. my understanding that is the first phase of building one or if it's just one end user then, then it would be just the one. Um, but yes, it's my understanding that's, that's Nyer's development uh, milestone for, okay. for, yes, for January 2025. And how the timeline you showed tonight, how did that uh, coincide with the original timeline that was presented for this? Uh, it's, we are it, about four to six months past that. Um, so original projections had us starting the work at the site in February 2022, and we did not get started until October, November. Well, not bad. So not bad considering. Not bad yeah. considering, yeah. yes. Yes, not bad considering. Okay. I've got, I've got a question that may, may be beyond uh, what the port does, but I'm a little worried about people getting in and out of the site sure. once the building's done. Sure. We got Reasonburg Lane, but we have the railroad tracks. And I know Hamlin County, we've worked with Hamlin County. They're doing a study of all the railroad crossings between Evendale and Galbraith Road um, to maybe put a road over top of there somewhere to alleviate some of those problems. Uh, there is some traffic can come in off of Rain Road, but that, that, that light is so, there's a lot of traffic back in that area off, off of uh, Landy Lane. Uh, it's going to be tough for people to get out on Rain Road from that site. So most of the people have to come in from the, the west side, of, and Reesburg is just not going to be big enough, I don't think, especially if we got 400 jobs back there. Yeah, it's some form of question, yeah. Well, we're going to, we're staying in our lane. Those, it's above and beyond our scope of work. So we can't really, you know, react to that question. Just, you know, I, I don't want to make things up. Uh, but we are sticking our, staying in our lane, but we're going to get it pad ready. And um, you know, logistics, um, that's another matter. We can certainly help as requested. But that's not something that's in the Okay, all right. Sorry. Okay, all right. <clears throat> Any other questions from council? Well, Todd and Jim, we'd, we'd like to thank both of you for being here. And, and we're extremely thankful uh, for the port being willing to take us on. You know, this is something I grew up on Bernard Avenue right in front of it. And know it's been a, a dangerous chemical facility for many years. and. It was a nightmare to me as something that could have sat for years and years and years and years. And, and that's literally the truth. And you guys have been the perfect partner. We appreciate all your efforts. It's amazing to me, amazing to me we're this close. Because again, I, I, I expected a long, long time. So we're very, very appreciative. I think it's been pointed out again, $8 million, you know, to get to, to the point where it will be buildable. And I don't know how many private industries would have been able to handle that or been willing to step forward. So again, we, we cannot thank you enough. Well, I'll just say thank you. And you know, you've got a great cheerleader. You couldn't dare say no to Linda. Exactly. Uh, um, and you know, it's really the team. Um, 
we got a we got a super super director doing a terrific job. I give her all the credit and thank you. Uh, we're just trying to put our tools to work to help communities, and this is a really good uh, testimonial of how it works. So thanks for being part of it, and look forward to uh, you know ribbon ribbon cutting. Well, there you go. And we do too, Mr. Ross. I just want to echo that and, and also add in. Even before you guys were involved, we applied for U.S. EPA assessment grant. I think in 20, early 2016, and and this was our top site, you know, in that grant. So, getting from there to now is, you know, having been involved from the very beginning, is awesome. So we appreciate, you know, because then when you guys got involved, it really spurred a lot of movement forward. So. Yeah, let us know how we can help going forward. You know, we're all going to be your biggest cheerleaders, and Linda has been awesome. She really has. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you thank you. Thanks for coming out. Good job, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> From the time we really started to market this site before the jobs arrived that sounds like a long time but it was a difficult site and i was thinking on the way here tonight it took almost a hundred years to get that site to be as contaminated and dirty and useless frankly as it has been in the last few years so we can wait 10 years and we've got the right people to take us through all the way so thank you for your patience as well Mayor and Thanks. Thank you. you know, the one other thing before we move forward to with Bob's question, you know, I mean, we have no idea what will go there. But I'll tell you this, you know, as we have with everything else, we will work hand in hand, you know, with who wants to go there. We work very, very hard with them. Obviously, we're under a lot of pressure. Um, I think probably myself as much as anybody else with a lot of family that lives right there on Reasonburg Lane and Bernard Avenue yet. So. I'll guarantee you this, we'll do all we can to make it neighborhood friendly, uh, traffic-wise, noise-wise, any which-wise. So whoever's going to go there, we'll work with them hand and foot. So, But that's, again, a little ways off yet. Okay. Anything else from Council on this subject? All right, moving on. Executive session, none scheduled. No reason for any. Good. Guest and administrative official reports, Mayor Bemis. That'd be a good time, though. Yeah. Yeah, thanks again. It's, but anyway, um, our police department again today hosted a national night out at Canning Park. In fact, it's probably just about wrapping up now. It, it, it's an awesome event here each and every year in our city. And I, I, I think the main goal is, is it, it's, a, it's a police department community-oriented, um, um, really, display. And, and, you know, we need everybody's help to keep our city as safe as it can be. Um, it's neat that our police officers and surrounding police officers officers get to meet with our public and and with young kids and and everybody again to introduce themselves to let people know they're here to help their public servants you know they want to keep us all safe they're not the bad guys uh, it's stunning to me each and every year that we see uh, what we're surrounded by you know air care and SWAT squads and canine units and mutual aids everything to us and we put a tremendous amount into mutual aid ourselves we're so appreciative of it but anyway anytime we have an opportunity for our police department to get out in our public you know we're proud of our department they're great guys that again are, are here to serve to help and, and, and to assist people any way that they can 
But you know, part of that, our fire and EMS department was there again, you know, and it's awesome that they're out again and showing people what they have. Kids are always excited to see the fire trucks, the police cars, and on and on. But safety exhibits, um, child safety education information, people get to see the incredible emergency vehicles, uh, law enforcement personnel from multiple agencies, and again, there to display what's available to us, drones, everything. So again, we were so thankful for mutual aid and we work very hard at it ourselves. Uh, the first day of school for our Reading Community Schools is on August 17th. Mount Notre Dame's first day for all students is August 21st. Uh, St. Peter and Paul Academy starts August 23rd. Cincinnati Classical Academy starts August 30th. Again, we ask everybody, please slow down as you drive. Please look out for young students each and every day of the year. But as school starts, you know, they're just trying to get to school. We need to help them get to school. Um, you know, school is really a, a hope for the future for all of us. And we're very, very fortunate here in this community to have, to have outstanding schools. And we work with them hand and foot. And, and again, it's another new year. And we're excited for it to get going. We ask people, please call our police. Anytime you see any suspicious or illegal activity, vandalism, again, speeding, call our police immediately. We, we need your help. Uh, our farmer's market is open every Friday from 4 to 7 p.m. at the corner of Vine Street and Reading Road. It'll be open every Friday until September 29th. Some outstanding goods to be had there. So anyway, just, just a neat place to go and, and get things from local vendors. Uh, on July 17th, our Safety and Services Director Patrick Ross, our Chief of Public Works Daryl Courtney, um, Public Works employees Matt Morgan, John Vance, and myself, we met at Caney Park with Crystal Manor and, and uh, Cheryl G. Uh, from our American Legion's Ladies Auxiliary to discuss the taste of Reading and what they need from us and what we can do to make it a great event. It, it, it's a city event. It's an outstanding event. The ladies auxiliary from the legions an incredible group of ladies who accomplish a lot so again um, this will be held on august 26th at canning park from noon to 11 p.m food trucks crafts entertainment um, some great entertainment this year i don't remember the bands offhand but also including performances by reading high school's band and dance team and so please get down to canning park on august 26th um, last week, July 26th, we hosted a crib dedication, tree lighting, holiday walk meeting here in our council chambers um, to discuss closing Benson Street on December 2nd when, when the crib dedication, tree lighting, holiday walk will occur. We'll close Benson Street at 530 so that businesses can get set up again. Um, probably around quarter till six, we'll close one lane of Reading Road near Benson Street, you know, probably from Pike up to maple um, again so we can have a safe tree lighting crib dedication ceremony there um, and again i know plans are going on to make us a bigger and better event um, again our safety and service director patrick ross was there fire chief todd owens uh, police chief brian needs and myself were there to offer input answer questions but also diane brown was there from our girl scouts who for over 35 years now under diane's direction have facilitated our crib dedication and, and our tree lighting here and incredible from, for them. So anyway, we look forward again to uh, December 2nd and we'll continue to work to make it a, an outstanding event. Uh, fundraising for the Hilltop Basketball Court renovation in honor of Chad Richmond's ongoing. So 
anybody uh, you know who wants to contribute to that they're hoping to start October 1st you know it's really a dilapidated but well-used court to this day and uh, it's going to be a very very nice court and very very uh, useful for the youth here of our community always looking for good places for them to go to do good things um, want to say congratulations to our awesome Reading Fire EMS Department for receiving the American Heart Association 2023 Mission Lifeline Gold Award for its commitment to offering rapid research, rapid research uh, on research-based care uh, to people experiencing the most severe forms of heart attacks and strokes. Uh, very few departments receive this. It, it is a prestigious award and uh, Lord knows we are, we are so fortunate um, you know, to have that here. We have incredible departments here, we really do. Um, you know, in the next couple of weeks, I'll give some more, more reports on exterior property maintenance. Um, you know, I, I have allowed Ricky Martin in the last couple of years, who's our exterior property maintenance code enforcement officer, um, you know, in, in exchange for the time that he used to give me to give detailed reports, he gets out and tries to solve more problems in our community. And I've been all, all for that. That being said, you know, it's a part-time, it's a part-time job. And that's all that's been funded through council for many, many years, a part-time person, a part-time job. And, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, someone for a from a neighboring community uh, down in Caney Park tonight, uh, a far wealthier community than us that also has their challenges with exterior property maintenance. You know, again, people's personal property rights were huge in the founding of our country. You know, we simply can't kick doors in and, and uh, you know, uh, demand that people make uh, improvements right then and right now and the the uh, international property maintenance code you know it is a a uh, code that we have to go through hoops we have to do things right we have to do things correctly and you know from the very beginning with me you, you know for in 2002 2003 we were writing between 10 and 15 letters a month you know my first year as mayor we raised it 50 60 letters a month Ricky Martin at one time was over 100 letters a month but, but what he accomplished for me was this. You know, Ricky Martin, if he goes up and knocks on the door and, and sees a little old woman answer the door and, and sees her husband there, you know, on, on, on a, a, a bed, not going anywhere, uh, Rick says hello, turns around, and seeks help for him. You know, we have never used it for revenue. We've never wanted revenue out of it. We, we've wanted people to take their money and improve their properties. But, you know, in a community like ours, it isn't the easiest thing. And we have a part-time department and believe me you wouldn't have believed how many property maintenance code violations in this wealthier community in the past month staggering to me in a wealthy community and yet and we have them here and we and, and they're a challenge but again you know to me you know it, it isn't about money it's getting properties improved I, i've appreciate rick's done what i've asked him to do you know, in the future, you know, we, we have to sit here and think and debate as to whether we want to appropriate more money towards exterior property maintenance and put more time into it. And that's yeah, something to, to be debated. You know, as I found out, you know, as I became mayor, we have financial challenges. It's hard to take full-time jobs back down to part-time. You know, it's not popular, nobody likes it, but you know, we by law have to live with a balanced budget. Um, you know, we have to live within our means, but it's, it's something I'm open for the debate. But uh, again, you know, for what we put into it and what is now Patrick 25, $30,000 a year, um, you know, in this community, 
you know, a, a clerk takes all the calls, the professional goes out and, and writes up all the tickets when appropriate, and the clerk sends them all out. You know, and these are some full-time people. We have one part-time person doing all that. So again, for people who want to uh, um, um, say things about exterior property maintenance, you know, for quite some time we talked about the potential to put more money into it. You know, as you guys all know, there's a long priority list here, a long one. And when you up money here, it's money that you don't put there. And so that's why I appreciate the debates that happen here and all, all the concerns. Um, just two more things. Richard Morgan, an incredibly generous human being here in our community, incredibly generous. And things have happened, you know, because of his time and money and effort. You know, Richard's in need of our prayers. Um, Richard is, is, is now recovering from an operation that, that uh, again, needs our prayers and deserves our prayers. And with that, you know, for people, please call me anytime, you know, 513-509-8619 with questions, comments, concerns. Um, you know, if I don't have answers, we'll find them for you and, and we'll go on. And that's it for me. Any questions from Council? Mr. Beener? Yeah, Bo, I think recently uh, I've emailed Rick and called Rick about uh, two or three properties. Um, we're seeing an awful lot of uh, people evicted and so the landlord throws everything they got out in the yard, Gall Terrace, <clears throat> sat out there for over a week. People scrounge through it. Uh, Rumpke's not gonna pick that stuff up unless it's in a bag. Um, I just emailed him about two matches on Hunt Road, uh, just between Thurnridge and, and Sanborn. They've been out there for 10 days and I don't expect Rick to, so that's why I emailed him. But there's two matches out there in one bag. The guy gets evicted and he just threw everything out there. He didn't worry about it. I mean, what, what, at, when you were talking about uh, property rights, all we're doing is asking people to maintain their property. As most of you know, I've got somebody next to me. Uh, he does a decent job, finally, but it, it, it's a struggle. Um, he's got a tree down right now that I may have to cut up for him. I don't mind doing that. But, you know, we're asking people to pick up the trash in their front yard and keep it cleaned up. I don't think that's too much to ask. No, it's we're, not, not too much to ask. We're, we're not infringing on anybody's property rights. Uh, that's my point. I, what we're trying to do is get people to keep their property up um, because it's a drag. That's why I appreciate Pat getting back to me about the, the four or five houses that are on the, uh, the hit list, either condemned or vacant or whatever. Uh, so at least something's happening on those homes. That's just the first phase, Pat. I think Katie's got seven more or eight more when it's all said and done. There's a lot of houses in this town that are vacant, um, beat up. You know, and they sit there vacant. And what happens, most people don't realize, when people, they don't pay their property tax, it goes to a sheriff's sale. And the sheriff sells at auction, those people are not allowed to go and look at it. So they're bidding ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000, and they go look at it. It costs them three times that much just to clean it up. And then another forty or fifty thousand to make it habitable, to make improvements. And what they do, they turn around, and walk away. That house turns vacant. We get stuck cutting the grass, have inspection after inspection, until the house, like the ones on Hunt Road, are one was condemned six years ago, and the other one is in need of being condemned, probably right now, because they're going to fall down into the creek bed pretty soon. But um, you know. 
I, you know, the other the other problem I have with a lot of people, you have to call Rumpke if you got more stuff out there. If you have more than two cans of trash, you have a hot water here, you have a couch, you have bed. You've got to call Rumpke and let them know what you got. Don't call the city because we're, we're not in the, the half trash calling business. You've got to call Rumpke and they will put extra person on that truck to pick that stuff up. That poor guy had to wrestle a hot water tank about two months ago. One of my neighbors put out there. I know that water tank weighed more than he did. And he got in the truck. Bless his, I mean, but I'm sure he's probably going to be feeling that for a while in his back. Um, you know, people throw trash out there and expect Rumpke to pick it up. If, if you can't, if you barely get it out there, I don't know how anybody's supposed to pick it up and get in the truck. Well, Bob, just answer a couple things. You know, if asking people uh, to do things would solve all problems, we'd have no speed and no lettering. Right. Uh, you know, we'd have no vandalism. We'd have no crime. Um, you know, getting people to respond to things and do things. You know, there, there's been issues, you know, where, where I, I've wanted to go tell the police chief to go kick doors in and arrest people. Can't do that. You know, we can ask all we want. Some people don't respond. You know, something, and then we have processes to go through. You know, we were talking about one of the properties today, just find out who the owner is. And by the time we find out who the owner is, there's a new owner. And then we're after that person. It isn't as simple as people think, and I think you're well aware of that. So, again, we pound all we can here. You know, we try to do things in a Christian manner. That being said, we've had, what, the second or third busiest mayor's court in the state of Ohio for the past 20 years. Second or third busiest. So we just don't turn our eye either. So, and nobody can say that. You know, we get Michelle Nash in here, she'll tell you. Second busiest in the state, third busiest state, year in, year out. So we do deal with things as best we can. But again, you go so far. What was the, what was the mantra when I became uh, mayor? Everybody had to do more with less. Well, everybody started doing more with less, and I could go through the whole list and take up another half hour of your time of the cuts we made. Cuts we made. We got a safety and service director here, the only one in the state that doesn't have his own secretary, period, and does four people others' job in, in, in a daily time. But there comes a point you do less with less. You know, you don't cover four people's jobs with a part-timer. So I think the discussion ought to be here, you know, is should we put more money into it? Um, you know, it's going to take more money to accomplish more. Can we afford it? That's a legitimate debate with all the other things on our table. So, anyway. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, just as far as property maintenance goes, like Bo said, um, I don't think anybody here is looking at it as a, a money-making business to find a bunch of people. And, and that um, it is, like Bob said, just to, you know, try to take care of your property as much as you can. We do understand there's situations that come up, um, you know, illnesses you're on vacation, a lawnmower break, you know, there's a million different reasons where something might happen where the grass gets tall or whatever. And in those cases, I mean, some neighborly communication go a long way. We got a lot of great people in the city willing to help everybody out. Um, that's not what we're looking for. It is more the, um, the nuisance properties, the dilapidated properties, um, the ones that Bob had mentioned, and I do have some others on a list that we put together um, that are, I think, almost beyond repair even you know no matter how many times they're sold and i do understand it, it is an issue figuring out who owners are um, we've tried working on that before to get to the bottom of that um and, and my issue with that is too when those properties sit like that it starts affecting the neighbors it's not fair to them um so yeah that's that's what we're trying to do is really just to stay on top of those it's not 
you know, somebody has something happen and they got some weeds and, and whatnot and overgrown bushes, you know, that, that people, you know, life happens. We understand that. Um, but yeah, it's the nuisance properties that we're trying to keep an eye on and keep up on. Hey, and thanks. It, it, anyway, it's a major challenge for every community, every community. You know, we read the other day, Pat sends me a thing, you know, Cincinnati's still trying to fill potholes. Mm -hmm. You know, with all the incredible things they put money into it, you know, potholes that have cones that sink down halfway into them. So, hey, it's a challenge all day, every day. And we appreciate everybody's input. And, and believe me, you know, as we receive things, we have staff meetings and, and put people on them as quick as we possibly can and, and address them as quick as we can. So keep the, keep the input coming. Anything else from council? Okay, moving on. Safety Service Director, Mr. Ross. Thanks, Dwight. Um, Geotech, Geotech is an engineering company that JMA has been working with to design pier wall for the Hunt Road slip on the between Furman and Waxwing. Um, our engineer, JMA, said that he talked to Geotech. This was about a week and a half ago, and they should have completed plans on that pier wall within the next couple weeks. Um, Furman Road surveying has been fully completed. Um, bid specs are close to being completed so we can uh, bid out that project. That project is majority just mill and, uh, mill and overlay paving because there's no curbs, as you know, on, on um, Furman. So we're hoping that that one, once it's bid, could get done quicker because you don't have a lot of concrete work. We're, a lot of times the concrete work Getting a concrete and you know blacktop or together, you know that's two two major different things. But this one we're hoping that can get done um, this fall. Uh, Want to thank Chief and and all the members of the department for putting on a great event tonight. Uh, it's a lot of work, but I want to thank them for that. Um, Ohio Plan is the group that we're a part of for our property and casualty insurance, and they have put together a free online training platform for all all their members. And there's going to be, it's actually called Ohio Plain University Training Platform. There's going to be a variety of topics and courses that are be free of charge. And elected officials are eligible to take it. There are things on public, you know, things that are worthwhile for elected officials as well. So once I get the login, um, I had to submit to them, you know, every single employee. Um, so once we get that, if you're, in, there's no, you don't have to, but you know, we, you know, some of the topics are worthwhile and um, to look at. Um, I did receive confirmation from the budget, County Budget Commission that they received our 2024 budget on time and as passed by council with the correct ordinance number. So they weren't worried about that overall. So um, our health insurance renews September 1st. Our renewal is less than 4%, which uh, that, that amounts to Savings about forty-five to ninety thousand, based upon what anecdotally other communities' percentage increases are. So ours was three point seven, you know, which which is very low in in this market. I think over, overall across the board, I think you're looking at seven percent for everybody, um, you know, with inflation and everything. So to get ours down to under four percent, um, I was very happy about that. Um, as was mentioned earlier by Ms. Lentz, um, the environmental covenant um, is, fi is finalized. I gave the copy to uh, Mr. Stevenson to have him review that. The only 
requirements for the city in that are basically to make sure that Riesenberg remains um, we don't like block it off or anything because that's the monitoring wells are right there so we can't shut the road down we have to make sure that they have access to the wells that are right there um, I was at the meeting but I did contact uh, Andrea from TUC to, and uh, to conduct the traffic study on Siebenthaler once school starts so school starts up there on the 30th I told her so um, I told her there are people requesting a stop sign so that'll be one of the things that'll be looked into is you know looking into that and certainly we don't want to just put one in and actually make traffic worse so um, they will um, she's putting together you know doing that once school starts up there um, Katie has an update on the Dora um, last one and I wasn't here for the public hearing part of the budget but one of the things I did recommend um, in the finance community as well is that we are our capital fund is opening up um, so I think it's not just a finance committee meeting discussion I think you know council a whole of looking at major capital projects throughout the city um, you know putting priorities together because we have the ability um, with the, the final payment of the streetscape and I think it's December correct Sabrina you know it'll be the most open the 340 fund has been in my 14 plus years here um, we have the ability to you know uh, I don't want to list any specific right now but I think it I think it's worthwhile to have you know a maybe a fourth Tuesday meeting sometime you know to discuss you know I, I think just you know everybody make a list your own list and we'll start going through and prioritizing that and um, you know I think it's you know I don't want to just spend money to spend it but you know we also have the ability to you know borrow money and repay this so I think um, it'd behoove us to come up we, there's definitely needs throughout the town there's it's not like there's no need so I think I, I, that was just a recommendation I had you know as part of the budget process so um, that's all I have thanks Mr. Powell. just a question with the uh, pier wall once that comes in and we get the engineers estimates of cost and stuff what what funds were we thinking about taking that out of um it, it part I mean we're gonna we're gonna apply for a grant for part of it um, and then the, depending on to get the cost you know I don't want to I don't want to say a fund without knowing how okay. much we need uh, if that makes sense but okay. we do have different some different funds um, that could that could we, pay have, for we it. have options we have options okay. correct um, for Furman Road that is that's rolled curves right I had somebody ask if they were replacing those when it was being paved but there's not even there's not even roll curbs okay so I haven't really looked maybe you're thinking of, maybe they're thinking at the top part yeah. it's gonna go in back how it is but there's not roll roll curbs are what used to be on Thurnridge yeah we're those that will not be okay. apparently gosh this is it's all like gully a long time ago yeah people I think they thought talked about doing curbs and people up there did not want them okay um, yeah somebody asked and I didn't want to answer it's gonna go how it is now it's gonna go back how okay. it is so, so it'll stay the same it'll stay the same okay well, I, you know, I think where some of that came from Pat is a lot of those people up there have paved the right away in yeah front of them. that's where that's why it don't occur it'll still have that they'll, they'll still have their role for the storm water to go but yeah not not no true roll curves yeah All right. I, Pat I have another question 
on a, a traffic study? Is that going to be 24 hours or just during the daylight hours? Or I would think, it, I mean, she hasn't given me the scope of the work yet. I mean, we could direct her to do 24 hours or, you know, I was thinking it would be more, you know, I don't, I don't know what time they start school, so I would think. I, I, well, see, I, I disagree. It's what, talking to the neighbors, I thought it was a good idea because the school is one issue, but some of our neighbors or people that don't realize that they're dead in the street, they're speeding every night there. And you take the vehicle, the quad runners, uh, golf carts, and they all come out at night. 9.30 at night, it's like a parade comes out. You know, you can't see a quad runner that doesn't have lights on going down the street. And you got people doing 50, 60 miles an hour. So if, if you're gonna do 24 hours, that would make sense to get all those people involved, not just the school. Okay. But, you know. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bring that up to her. I thought it was mostly to deal with the school traffic, but okay. Special. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, the quad runners on Hunt Road also, and Senator Furman. Um, on the Furman uh, repavement, is there any sewer work or anything needs to be done? I think there might just be a couple catch basins. Okay. And that's it. Um, no, ma no major sewer work, though. Just a couple catch basins. Yeah, there's. I have one question. What about the traffic study for Harvest Lane stop signs at Harvest and uh, Ridge Point? That's about this, about, oh, 18 months ago. I've, if, if council wants to direct one for there, based on talking with the police chief, we didn't think that it was one that was needed. If council wants to direct one to have one done, I'll do so. But that was not one that was Did council direct you to do this one? No, they didn't. But this is one where with a school traffic, we want to make sure specifically for school that, that it's a little different scenario. So, so you can do it without council saying to do it I sure okay I'll, I'll make a motion to do a traffic study harvest line that that area up there has been a problem for a long time Pat it's just that's nothing new yeah I mean we had but we did have the police chief put the the speed trailer up there and we found that speeding was not as much as thought it was yeah speeding is not a problem they do it all the time so it's no problem you can yep. get up to 75 miles an hour going uphill. Did you read the statistics the police chief sent you? Because he personally yes, I said, did. Okay. I, I, I crunched the numbers myself. Okay. I saw it and, and I gave And in fact, gave the answer to, to what the police and, chief felt. About and I understand that what the police chief felt, but mm -hmm. I've also seen, uh, I've seen, we had a, a fatality at Reading and Galbraith last month. We also had in December, a telephone pole taken out by somebody coming up the hill way too fast you don't break a telephone pole making a turn off across county at uh, 25 or even 30 miles an hour lost control took a telephone pole out shut down power to several uh, residences in that area one of them is an elderly gentleman who's disabled and needs care don't tell me there's no traffic problem don't tell me there's no speeding problem there's a solution a simple one and you're not addressing it there's a That's motion on the floor. That's it is my opinion. opinion. There's a motion on the floor right. by Mr. Boehner. Is there a second? Second. Second by Mr. Powell to do a traffic study for harvest lane, stop signs around Harvest Lane and Ridge Point. I got a question about that. What would a traffic study cost for that area to have it professionally done other than 
having our own speed sign put there. What's the cost for that? I, I don't know. The, I don't know the answer to that. But we will find out. We'll get that to you, and then, then a decision can be made. Okay. So I have a motion on the floor. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Now let me see. Show of hands with with the eyes, so I know how many. We have four. I guess nays are three, so it carries. Boys, four to three. Please proceed. Thank you. All right. That was in your report, Mr. Ross. That was yeah. That was in my report. Okay. Moving on to law director. He is absent. Uh, he didn't say that he had a report. Treasurer's report, Mrs. Owens. Thank you. I do have numbers for July and year to date. The total income tax collected in July was $739,534. The breakdown is $35,819 in individual tax, $32,265 in business net profits tax, and $671,451 in payroll withholding tax. The total collected for July 2022 was 545830 2023 is 35% ahead of 2022. The total collected in 2023 so far was $5,493,655. The breakdown of this is $949,237 in individual, $553,670 in business net profits, and $3,990,748 in payroll withholding. The total collected up to July in 2022 was $5,783,637. As of now, we're running 5% behind 2022. I do have some other news that I'm really excited to share. We are in the process of moving our earnings tax account, as well as a couple of other small accounts, back to a bank that's located in the city of Reading. It's a really great opportunity for us, and we will be earning a good rate of interest for the city and the citizens of the city of Reading and their hard-earned tax dollars. It's going to be a somewhat lengthy process with lots of moving parts, but we hope that we can have it all finalized within a couple of months, and I will keep you guys posted. Awesome. And then, Brenda, the 5% the that we're behind this year to last year is still mainly from the excessive um business profit taxes yes that would be yeah i'm from last year yeah if um like payroll withholding year to date is up 4.4 percent. so it's up 4.4 payroll withholding yes which is year to date excellent mm -hmm. and individual is up 0.6 percent. so that's pretty pretty even the business net profits is still down 45.5 so that is a huge skew yes and still that isn't totally resolved from last year for sure no absolutely no. Okay. not. so again we're not doing bad you know down five percent used to be a crushing uh, oh no, I'm, I'm very words. happy Do very you? happy with these numbers okay excellent if excellent. you look to 2021 we're ahead everywhere if you compare it to that year so yeah it's it's i feel i feel really good about yeah well you give a vital report and believe me we look at it and analyze it any other questions council okay moving on auditor mrs smith thank you mr president i just wanted to let everybody know we're working on the 
last half of the year. So um, lots of things going on as far as the computer system. Some of us are training upwards of three days a week. Um, it was supposed to go live in July, um, but it's gonna be backed up a little bit just because of business needs around City Hall. So you gotta make sure you do it and you do it right. Um, and in the meantime, you know, some of our banks are being moved, so it'll help just consolidate everything for us in the long run. So um, I think that'll be good. And then also, you know, as we come down to the end of the year, different departments are looking at their spending, um, how many things they have, some other projects that need to happen. Um, and so we're just kind of making all the planning for that. And then, you know, as we go down to the end of the year, we're not your favorite people, Patrick and I, to do the last year of the appropriation. So no, we're sticking, we're sticking really tight to everything. And that's why we're talking about other things like the capital fund becoming available once we pay off a majority of its debt um, and things like that, because we need to start planning for what other projects will be next. So um, please just be thinking about that, you know, talk to your neighbors, you know, talk to us about what, you know, some of the people that are here every day look at and notice um, what's going on. And I'm sure Bo and Patrick both can give you a long list on each of those things. So um, just thanks for everyone's cooperation at City Hall. Um, and let's already August, what the heck, you know? So here we are, thank you. Any questions for Mrs. Smith? All right. Moving on, council committee reports, Mr. Bronner. Mr. President, I have no report tonight. Okay, I have a question for you. Um, has the administration given you any, uh, well, we used to call them Bud Light letters. Oh, would you hand this? Expenses over $5,000 that were paid out in certain categories or between $5,000 and, and whatever the state maximum is uh, any time since you took office? Um, no, they have not given me any of these personally, no. Okay, if you get any, would you forward them to me, please? Sure. Thank you. Utilities, lands, and buildings, Mr. Bishop. Thank you, Mr. President. Just want to report that we had uh, three people in attendance last meeting. Uh, we had 92 listeners on the audio podcasts. 47 watched it on YouTube later. Uh, we had uh, 43 uh, people actually watch it live. Okay. Not the highest numbers we've had, but summer people are watching. <laughs> I think they, uh, we, have a, we had a total of 85, I would say 185 people watched it or listened to it. Can you tell if anybody watched from, say, sunny South Florida on their cell phone? No. Okay. But if people from other communities are watching us from sunny South Florida, they have nothing to do. This <laughs> 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 is true. Okay, any, any questions for Mr. Bishop? No. All right, moving on. Zoning, planning, and environment, Mr. Powell. Thank you, Mr. President. I wanted to give an update on the building renovations on the Cincinnati Classical Academy that were reported to me by a resident in the surrounding neighborhood. A representative from our building department visited the site but found no ongoing construction. He left his contact information with the office. A subsequent visit revealed that an additional classroom had been added. A representative from the academy was informed by their contractor that a permit was not required. Retroactively, plans will be submitted and our building department is working with the academy to rectify the situation. Any questions for Mr. Powell? Seeing none, moving on. Laws and contracts, Mrs. Edichico. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, as most of you know, the DORA uh, was passed by council and approved by the state of Ohio. The signs have been delivered and they will be going up as soon as we have a closer delivery date for the cups. 
The cups have been ordered and should be in soon. Um, other than that, that's all I have for my report, but I do have something for miscellaneous business. Very good. Um, I have a question for you. Um, about uh, two months ago, the uh, exterior property maintenance ordinance was passed uh, to address something we already talked about here, which is blighted buildings or potential for teardown. How many have been condemned or torn down since then? Uh, we just discussed that. Is there two? Patrick, that are in the works being condemned and, and hopefully moving towards demolition? Yeah. I think three, actually. <clears throat> I don't know the timeline, though, from when the ordinance was passed, but yeah. Right. Okay. Mr. Powell. Are they uh, planning any kind of a grand opening or anything like that for the DORA? Possibly getting local media involved to, you know, kind of promote it and promote the city? Not that I know of, but that's a good idea. I could talk to some people. And we have had several already in the Enquirer yeah. article in Cincinnati Business Courier. Mm -hmm. So and there has Enquirer. been some, Dave, not to say we shouldn't do more. So yeah. it's always good, good press. In fact, I think the Enquirer was going to follow up as it got closer to the opening, and hopefully we'll get them involved with the Fall in Love event because that was one of the goals to have everything running before that happened. So. But that's a good idea. We'll keep pushing. Yeah. Any other questions for Mrs. Kroger? I'm sorry, Mrs. Edichigo. Sorry, Mrs. Kroger's up next. <laughs> Public Health and Safety, Mrs. Kroger. Thank you. Our police department run count for July. Um, calls for service, there were 1,211. There were 28 auto accidents. Um, <coughs> 123 booking of original charges and total criminal charges were 171. Um, total citations issued were 216, um, 155 of those being for Reading's Mayor's Court. Um, the fire department run count for July, EMS responses was 214 and fire responses were 47 for a total of 261. Um, in the month of July, we continue to see multiple vehicle thefts. Please remember to lock your vehicles and don't leave keys inside of it. This month, there were charges of domestic violence, theft, OVI, drug charges, and multiple auto accidents. Uh, and like Mayor said, uh, thank you to Chief and all who were involved with National Night Out. Um, when I left, it was getting pretty busy, which is a great thing. It's a it's a, a great opportunity to come see what we have to offer as a community and as a county. Um, the fire department had a public education event for Camp Shabbat at Canic Park. They also helped out the Reading Marching Band with a cool down during the first week of band camp. And also congratulations to J.D. Piron and Dalton Robbins, who both transitioned to full-time, effective July 15th, and the department is now fully staffed. Nice. And that's all I got. Awesome. And, and it's any, great to have J.D. questions Dalton. for Mrs. Kroger? No? Nope. Okay. Uh, service, Mr. Boehner. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, city crew's been out patching potholes in the streets. Mulcher's been out collecting branches. Backhole's out cleaning catch basins. City crews in the process of still locating lead water service lines. Sea crews be cutting growth, uh, overgrown bushes and branches back in the roadway throughout the city. Sea crews been doing a lot of tree and bush trimming in our city parks. They're power washing and painting the city garage. Uh, they, city, we've received two, 300 tons of road salt and put in a salt bin 
and they still have an additional 900 tons of salt available to us that we will have to take this year. Uh, remember they laid out they, uh, a do-it-yourself salt bin last year, so we can store 1,200 tons of salt, which on a bad winter, that's about what we need. But to get it all at one time, uh, or at least over four or five months, it's a lot cheaper. If you wait till January to get it, it's going to start paying a lot more money. Uh, city crew laid out the soccer field at Bonnell and Hawker Avenue. They painted it along with painting to the practice football field. City crews made a stormwater repair at the corner mechanic at Bonnell. They also repaired a water main break in front of the city garage entrance on Ready Road. That was a big one. That took a, two days to get that done. City crew also cleared out some overgrown brush on 2nd Street between East Benson and Voorhees near the railroad tracks. I've also scheduled a um, service committee meeting on September 12th at 7 p.m. And if Patrick and both of you guys can make it, uh, Daryl is requesting uh, a couple more people in his department. He's still been shorthanded due to quite a few injuries this summer. Um, I asked him to bring a list of uh, the reasons he needs those two other people. Uh, and it would be helpful if you guys could come and hear what he's got to say. We listened to him today. Yeah. Um, what day was that, Mr. Brainer? September 12th. At what time? 7 p.m. Here. And that's all I have at this time. Thank you. Is that is that meeting in the council chambers? Yes, in council chambers. Okay. Any questions for Mr. Brainer? Uh, recreation, Mr. Tomer. Thank you, sir. Uh, we are entering our last month for the community pool, and it's important that everyone knows that the vast majority of our employees at the pool are either teachers or students headed back to high school or headed off to college. As such, we're kind of at the mercy of, of forthcoming school schedules. So, for example, on August 16th, the pool closed at 4 p.m. due to elementary open house. August 17th is the first day of school and the pool will be open from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, the next two days, the 18th and 19th, the pool will be closed due to home football games. However, on August 20th, all right, the pool will be open from noon to 6 p.m. Then that following week, because we're back in school, August 21st through 25th, that's Monday through Friday, um, the pool will be closed. However, the final weekend, August 26th through 27th, will be our final weekend, and the pool will be open again noon till 6 p.m. Then we'll close for the season. We do want to thank everyone for all the citizens and families, as well as our managers, lifeguards, and concessions employees for making us another successful season at the pool. And we look forward to seeing everybody again next year. Thank you. Awesome. Any Good year. questions for Mr. Tomlin? Okay. Moving on. Other business? Is there any other business? I know you said you had miscellaneous. miscellaneous. All right, legislative session, reading of resolutions. Uh, resolution approving the update of the solid waste management plan of the Hamilton County Solid Waste Management District. Discussion? I got a question. Okay, oh. discussion, Mr. Powell first. Kind of going, going through it, you know, we all received the solid waste plan out, outline which kind of hit the high points and a lot of yeah there's a lot of good stuff in here and stuff we need to be doing reducing food waste uh, 
you know, it includes a lot of actionable items and stuff. When you actually looked at the actual document, you know, they uh, they included you know, a little a little paragraph. Uh, the fourth one was under di uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I wanted to understand a little bit more about what that uh, that meant or how they were planning on implementing it. And Appendix W of the document was was in there. And there's, I mean, stuff in there that I, I personally I don't uh, agree with. Just it, it seems like, you know, they're they're bragging that they're the first in the state to include it in the waste plan, and I I don't really understand why that needs to be part of a, a solid waste plan. That to me it it seems like a lot of bureaucratic red tape is what it seems like to me uh, I mean I'm I'm all for diversity I'm all for equity uh, you know as far as inclusion everybody has equal opportunities uh, equity you know step up to the plate and join I and diversity I mean right now at Hamilton County we currently have two commissioners that are African-American females. It's, I don't know, I, I just think this is a, a sign of different stuff at the, the county level. And I I just, after reading the Appendix W and all of the stuff they're going through on it, I you know, before we vote on this, or I encourage everybody to go read, actually read what the thing, not the highlights, go and read the actual document. I mean, it's not very exciting, not, but I think this kind of stuff is getting away from what their core thing should be. This, it, it just does not make, make any sense in a solid waste plan. Mm -hmm. So that's where, that's where I'm at on it. Mr. Boehner. My question, Pat, isn't this for 2025? It's a five-year plan. Twenty-four through thirty-eight is, I believe, okay. what it says. What's well, the twenty-four? I mean, I, I don't see any reason to pass it yet until uh, we get some questions. And I did. Oh, I was going to ask that question. Pat, Dave already asked, but uh, I, I, I just was forwarding it from the county. Yeah, I'm, yeah. They contacted Carl or Carla and I, so I was just <coughs> forwarding it to count from the county. I mean, I'd love, I'd love to see somebody from the county come down and. Would you like me to um, invite them? Yeah, that would be great. I'd, I'd love to hear kind of some of their justification for some of what they've included. Well, we got the commissioner coming out here on the 21st of November. I mean, I, I don't see a reason to jump on. We can have another reading. We don't have to have. Yeah, there's, I mean, you don't have to vote on it. You can just have another vote reading. On. We can put it off till November 21st or whatever, whatever that date that she was coming. The person that someone specific to this. The person that said, you guys remember Gage? Bradford. Bradford. <clears throat> I think he's, you guys all remember. He was, he's, I, I mean, I could have him come or Michelle Balls. I, can I mean, ask, either, I, can, I mean, somebody that can come and, and speak to sure. this kind of, uh, this kind of detail Let me just on the plan. Ask them. Uh, you yeah, know, that and would then be great. See if who or when is available, and then I'll I'll get with Carlin and you know I'll tell them when our meetings are. So, you know, okay. if there's a 
a need for it and you know we can kind of quantify how much some of this is going to cost and sure you know that but i i think they're kind of getting away from what their their core mission is yeah. so well, i'll ask them to send somebody that could answer any other discussion i have one further question patrick that might be very helpful for them to be able to answer and that is why are they asking for a resolution it seems to me at the county level if they want to change the waste management plan they can do it i think it's they just want to support, i think to show the support of all the surrounding communities uh, that's my guess i mean but could you ask them that question directly and and have whoever comes out here yeah, be able to it doesn't it? i don't think it changes them ratifying anything it's just i think they just want to be able to say that it's supported by everybody in the county but I mean, you can ask them in person when they come here. I don't want to, you know, be the middleman. I'd rather just have them come here and they can answer for themselves. Okay. Yeah, I would be curious what other municipalities and cities have, have went ahead and just passed this resolution, somewhat rubber stamped it, without even looking into, you know, the the bulk of the the uh, the issues there. So that's why it's important to really to actually read carefully every resolution and every piece of legislation that comes through. All right, uh, so we're going to call that a third reading, and next one will be with the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, whatever it is. Right. Or it, we this council. We want to table it until we have a. Well, that's up to you. That seems to be it'd be a bit more efficient. I'll make a motion that we table the resolution until we can speak with uh, somebody at the county, and then if it, uh, you know, kind of depending how that goes or whatever, somebody can put a motion forward to put it back on the floor. Second. Second. Oh, I oh, said so I heard a lot of seconds, but since Katie brought it up, I'll give it. I'll give it to Katie. This Shelly. Shelly, you're the one who brought it up. All right, fine. I'll give it to Shelly. Um, so we have a motion on the floor by Mr. Powell and a second by Mrs. Kroger to table the resolution until a representative from the county can come discuss it. We're going to do a voice vote on this, um, Mr. Powell. Yes. Mr. Bronner. Yes. Mr. Bishop. Yes. Mr. Boehner. Yes. Mr. Tomlin? Yes. Mrs. Kroger? Yes. Mrs. Edichigo? Yes. Seven yes. So it is tabled. Now you don't have to. That's all right. I knew you didn't have it. You didn't have a list. That's all right. So everybody knows it's been tabled as a unanimous vote of council until we get somebody from the county out here. Okay. There are no ordinances to read. So miscellaneous business, Mrs. Edichigo. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to make a quick note that uh, once again, the city, as well as our local Girl Scout troop, uh, Reading Bridal District, and we thrive, as Mayor Bennett said, we are in the process of planning our second annual holiday walk. This event will be on Benson Street on Saturday, December 2nd from 6 to 9 p.m. Benson Street will be closed starting at 5.30 from Reading Road to Walkendore. The event will kick off with the crib dedication and the Girl Scout tree lighting on the corner of Reading Road and Benson. We will have local shops open and vendors along the street, as well as carol carolers and the storefront scavenger hunt for kids. Uh, St. Paul's Lutheran Church is also moving their live nativity to be the same night uh, that will take place at their church on Jenny Lynn Street, just off Benson. And Santa and Mrs. Claus will be at Red Wine and Company for photos. We are looking for more vendors and sponsors this year to help the event grow. 
We're also looking at more activities for kids like bouncy houses, et cetera, um, and hoping to find sponsors for these activities. So if you're interested in becoming a vendor or a sponsor, you can reach out to me or go to readingholidaywalk.com for more information. The vendor application is available on the website. And that's all I have. Anything else under miscellaneous? Yes, Mr. Can you do a bouncy house in the wintertime? <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, but you have to use liquid nitrogen. Yeah. <laughs> the um, the national night out was fun. Um, it was it's a great chance to get to meet, especially for me to get to meet the uh, the officers, the the firemen uh, who serve us in Reading, uh, as well as some others uh, in the county. Um, the hot dogs and ice cream can't beat it. Uh, stop out next year if you didn't make it this year. Um, the uh, Reading Farmers Market. I found some wonderful homemade jams and some fresh baked goods and some uh, 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 fresh vegetables down there. So, uh -huh. uh, great place to go. Most of the journey. Good thing. <laughs> Second. <laughs> okay, this time I heard your. Okay. Mr. Boehner, motions to adjourn, seconded by Mrs. Kroger. He's all waiting for me all the time. <laughs> all in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. Carries by voice vote. Everybody have a good night. We're adjourned. Without further ado. <laughs>